The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we could summarize what Jesus wants to communicate to us here this morning, I think it's this one sentence. Don't be complacent. Don't be complacent. Be aware. Be awake. Take notice. Be prepared. How many Boy Scouts out there? I was never one, so. But I was just reflecting this morning on my high school football coach, John Richmond. He was from Michigan, uh, by the way, uh, although I played in, in Milwaukee. But he was a World War II vet. He was a paratrooper, tough as nails kind of guy. And just reflecting on that second reading today from the letter to the Hebrews. The word of the Lord says, My son, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when reproved by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son he acknowledges. So I can remember the way Coach Richmond used to treat us at practice. Or my college coach, too. He used to say to us when we were running wind sprints, Get out of the comfort zone. Get out of the comfort zone. Uh, you know, those words still reverberate in my head. But our, like any good coach, these men really pushed us. And they disciplined us. And when we made mistakes, we paid for it. They would punish us, in a sense, by running more, or by doing it again, or doing more. Why? Why would they discipline us like that? So that we would learn. So that we would become better. So that we would have a better chance when the game was on. 
Because they knew that once, you, once the game begins, it's not all fun and games anymore. You got to take it seriously. You got to be aware. You got to know what's going on. You have to be prepared. And I think something, I, I think that's something for us Christians to really take to heart. I'm grateful to God for the years that I had under those coaches and for that opportunity that I had. Because in my religious life, I've been knocked down a lot. I think that's a great thing about football. You get knocked down a lot and you have to learn to get back up. And it usually doesn't feel good when you get knocked down. You know? Someone's phone's ringing. (laughs) So... In our Christian lives, we get knocked around. We get beat up. Let's face it. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to be fully engaged in the spiritual battle. There is a real spiritual battle for your soul, for your family, for the world. There's definitely a battle going on. I think you all have some idea of that, but it's true, it's real. And God wants us to be successful. He wants us to be on the winning team. That's for sure. But just like any good team, there are rules and there are a set of practices and traditions and expectations. There's a knowledge, there's a wisdom that goes into winning. It's like when the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, you're like, well, they're probably going to win, you know? Because their team knows how to win. They have a culture of excellence. And we in the church actually have a culture of excellence, and it's the communion of saints. The communion of saints. We recognize excellence in the Catholic Church. It's not that we worship these men and women, but we honor them, we recognize them. Why? So that we can be inspired by them, so that we can learn from them how to win, how to fight the good fight, as St. Paul would say. How to fight the good fight. We're all involved in the good fight. If you're here on a Sunday morning, you're in the game. Because there are a lot of people who are still sleeping, or out on the lake, or I don't know what they're doing, but they're not here. And they don't realize how they put themselves in danger. The more you leave God out, the more that leaves room for you-know-who to come in and to wreak havoc. You know, we're never at the same level day after day. You just can't coast. Has any, you know, you might have a little momentum and you might coast for a little bit on a flat surface, but eventually you're just going to stop. And you certainly don't coast going uphill. There's only one direction you get to coast in for very long, and that's downhill. We don't want to coast downhill. Right? We don't want to go down there, right? So, 
to climb this hill, to climb this mountain, if you will. That's a beautiful metaphor for the spiritual life. It takes effort. John Paul II, Pope Saint John Paul II, he loved to climb mountains. I don't think he ever played football, American football anyway. But he loved to climb, he loved to ski. Even as Pope, he would ski. And there was something about climbing the mountain that spoke to his heart. So maybe some of you really like to climb mountains or get out into nature. And there's only one way to climb that mountain. That's by following the Lord's lead, by listening for his voice, the voice of the good shepherd. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? At the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy, but for pain. I mean, nobody likes running wind sprints, right? Let's, you know. Yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. It's like every day we're in training, it takes effort. We have to watch over our thoughts, our words, our actions, our hearts, our affections, our emotions, and and ask God to help us direct our thoughts and our words and our affections, our desires to Him, to trust in Him, to put all of our trust in Him. Jesus said, and strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Anybody see the movie American Sniper? Yeah. American Sniper, he had a, a thing that he would tell himself every time. Aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. It's kind of what Jesus is saying here this morning. (laughs) Aim for heaven. Aim for sanctity. Aim for greatness. We're all called to be great in our own way. In our own way, we're all called to greatness. God doesn't make junk, okay? Just, Just to let you know. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mediocre. God makes us all great because we're all made in his image and likeness. So he wants us all to aim small. So if we miss the mark, we're not that far off. Right? Some people say, I just want to get into purgatory. Well, guess what? If you miss purgatory, you know, you're not going to be real happy. So if you aim for heaven and you miss, well, okay, you know. You're still in good shape. I remember when I was a seminarian traveling around with this priest and we were thanking this big benefactor one day, a very wealthy guy. He, he built hotels and did very well at it. And he said to me, you know, Brother Jason, I just want to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth. You know, I don't want to be like one of those Mother Teresa's or John Paul II. What do you think? That's humility, isn't it? And I took a deep breath and I said, 
I think that's laziness, Mr. Drew. <laughs> and the priest I was with just laughed. But there could be a little bit of that too. Laziness, you know, sloth. Ah, it's too hard. The devil wants us to think that it's too hard or that we're not worthy or that it's not worth it. Why should you try when nobody else is trying? You know, why should I get up and go to Mass? None of my friends are going to Mass this morning. My neighbor, he's out on the lake right now having a Bloody Mary. What am I doing here? You know? Well, maybe someday your neighbor will thank you that you were here. You know, praying for his soul. Right? There's a certain, I don't know, lethargy and sloth. And, and we have to ask the Lord to wake us up a little bit, to inspire us. I listened to this great testimony this week. This guy, he was some world-famous fashion designer. And one day, he was at this party and lots of celebrities and world-famous people there. And he's like, really, is this it? Is this all there is? I'm so unhappy. Somehow he got connected with this Christian group and he went to their church service. And he said, as I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit just convicted me in a good way. Everything that's being read from that book and everything the preacher is saying, it's true. And I've been living a lie. And then as he went on, the Holy Spirit just came upon him. He felt the love of God for him in a way like he had never felt it before. And he began to change his life. He walked away from the life of sin. It wasn't that the fashion world was bad in and of itself, but what he was doing and how he was living was definitely not godly. But he had a big conversion. We're all in need of daily conversion. We all need to keep turning back to the Lord. We need to renew our commitment to the Lord and our desire to be with him, to be friends with him, to grow in his love. And by being here today, you're saying, yes, I want to renew my desire to grow in friendship with Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit, with the communion of saints and my brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe you didn't think that when you came through the door this morning. But do that now. Do that every time you come here. Do that every morning. Recommit yourself to the Lord and he will commit himself to you. He will always be faithful. He wants to save us. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to restore us. He wants to establish his kingdom in your heart, first and foremost, in your family, in the community, and in the world. Absolutely. But each and every one of us needs to stand up and fight for that kingdom. Fight for truth and goodness and beauty. Let's put this in the hands of our Blessed Mother. Let's ask her to recommit ourselves to the Lord today in His ways, knowing that He is with us always until the end of the world. Amen.